We are reading a story this morning that only occurs in Acts, and you'll hear in just a minute, this is a story about Jesus being lifted into heaven to go be with God. It's sort of a story that bridges the gap between the Easter story, the story of the resurrection, and Pentecost, which we will hear next week. It's sort of its most literal level, we could say that this story explains what happens bodily to Jesus uh, after the resurrection and the experiences of the resurrection. But this story is, is making a theological claim as well. This story situates Jesus within the many traditions that saw the clouds and the sky as holy and as places where God dwelt. So let us hear this story this morning with ears open to what it might say to us. So when they had come together, this is the disciples, when they had come together, they asked Jesus, Lord, is this the time when you will restore the kingdom to Israel? Jesus replied, it is not for you to know the times or the periods that the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive the power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all of Judea and in Samaria and to the ends of the earth. When Jesus had said this, as the disciples were watching, Jesus was lifted up and a cloud took him out of their sight. While he was going and they were gazing up towards the heavens, Suddenly, two men in white robes stood by them. They said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking up toward heaven? Jesus, who has been taken from you into heaven, will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. Words of wonder. For us this morning. When things are built, uh, machines, uh, when machines are built, they are built to different degrees of precision. Things that are built with a really tight precision um, are said to have a tight tolerance. And things that are built maybe a little less precisely are said to have a loose tolerance. A race car has a really tight tolerance, or a space shuttle. It's more precise. On the other hand, things that maybe need a little less precision have a loose tolerance, which is cheaper and faster to manufacture. So your average kitchen appliance doesn't need quite the precision of a Mars rover and it might have a looser tolerance. Marianne McKibben Dana, in her book, Hope, a User Manual, talks about this, and she says, neither loose or tight tolerance is better than the other. These are value-neutral distinctions. Which one we choose depends on the machine and what we're expecting from it. 
Adam Savage, who you might know from Mythbusters, often gives the advice to makers when he's speaking at things to increase your loose tolerance. And usually when he says this, he's saying it metaphorically, as in, stop trying to control everything. Which is a lesson that the disciples are learning as they stand there that day, their faces raised toward the sky, eagerly peppering Jesus with questions. They want it all to fit perfectly. When are you coming back? What should we watch for? What do we do in the meantime? They're willing to wait, but only if they know what they're waiting for. I think of this as like a Christmas time of waiting or the end of the school year time of waiting. It's hard because we're excited, but the end is clear. We can just mark those days off the calendar. We can make the little paper chains to track where time is moving. Most of life's waiting is not that way. Often we're waiting for something that we are not quite clear about. We don't know what will happen or when. The pandemic was like that. Remember waiting in the pandemic time? Healing is like that. Waiting for justice is like that. I was leading a retreat in the D.C. area last week, and our intergenerational session, I asked the group, what helps them wait for something important? And one of the kids said, doing what you're waiting for. And another one said, and if that doesn't work, then just do what you can. We actually weren't working with this particular story, but that is a bit like what Jesus says here. You don't get to know what's going to happen or when. Just do what needs done in the meantime. There's a sense that for God, the timing doesn't matter. Whether we're waiting for five minutes or five years or 5,000 years, our job doesn't change. Having some loose tolerance might mean focusing on the bigger picture, which seems especially important, perhaps, for those of us who aren't quite sure this morning what to make of this story and what it means to say Jesus will come again, other than to hold a larger, more general sense that God is working. There's a shift happening in the story, and the shift that's happening is a shift from the people who have been gathered around Jesus being disciples to being apostles. A disciple is a learner. That's what they've been doing. They've been following Jesus, and they've been learning in real time. An apostle is sent out. It is graduation day for them. Which makes it a story that seems all about action if it wasn't for what happens next. Remember, after that angel tells them to stop standing around with their mouths open and go do something, they return to Jerusalem and they join their friends in prayer. When I was growing up, uh, 
and family chores were going on and maybe some people were participating more than other people, my dad would often say to somebody who wasn't participating as much, don't just stand there, do something. And the emphasis was always a little bit on the something, right? Like anything is better than just standing around. But here in this moment, when the disciples are perhaps a little still confused about what's going on and what's going to happen next, they seem to take the opposite advice. And you might have heard this, it's been popularized by the Buddhist teacher Thich Nhat Hanh, who said, don't just do something, stand there. We hold the tension between these two things. It's the proof that uh, the opposite of a profound truth is another profound truth. What we have is the difference between impatient action and patient action. We all probably have times where we have moved too quickly. We've moved too fast with a decision, a conversation, a course of action, and then later on we wish, we wish we had waited just one more beat. Action can become as much of an idol as in action can. And so if we were gonna put a moral on this story, like an Aesop's fable type moral, we might say, take a breath, but don't get stuck. Patient action is where hope lies. We're not just standing around, faces to the clouds, waiting for somebody else to come and save us but it also means that we hold enough trust in ourselves and in our community and in God to pause a moment. That's the hope part. Because what it is that the disciples are waiting for is the coming of the Holy Spirit. It's what Jesus tells them. You will receive power when the Spirit has come upon you and then you will be my witnesses. For us, we might know We might be familiar already with the story of Pentecost and how the Spirit comes in this huge, showy moment. But the disciples didn't. All they knew is that they were missing a piece of the puzzle. And so they took the step that was available to them. They returned to their community to talk and pray and wonder They take care of uh, what I think of as a little bit of committee business. They elect Matthias to take Judas's place in the inner 12. And then it says Peter goes out and does some teaching in the city. But it's quiet. In other words, they have developed some loose tolerance in this moment, and they have figured out how to move ahead without knowing everything which is a good practice because they will spend the rest of their lives moving ahead without knowing everything. One day at a time, one decision at a time, one encounter with somebody else at a time. Finding that balance between doing nothing and doing anything. Those are both anxious responses, doing nothing and doing anything. What Jesus asks for and promises in this moment are spirit-led responses, hope-filled responses. 
And so as we think about what that means in our lives and how we really put that into practice, I want to spend some time this morning practicing together the examine. We've done this before in here, but it has been a bit, so it may be familiar to you. It may not be. This is a practice that is open and accessible to anyone. There are a few movements in the practice, and you have in your bulletin, if you're here in the sanctuary, just some space. If you are a person who prefers to write notes um, over prayer or meditation, if journaling is a way that you pray, that space might be handy for you. But we are going to begin first with a moment of prayer and of joining together to ask for God's light. Let us pray. God, here in this room, as people who know your spirit and also long to know more of it, we ask for your wisdom. Be with us as we review our day, as we consider what may be coming next for us, and as we practice listening to your movements. Amen. The next piece of the practice, and we're going to spend a few moments just in quiet here, is to review your day so far with gratitude. To look back at what's happened in the last few hours or moments, and let your mind settle on the things that you are thankful for. And here's a place where you can write, close your eyes and let the images come to you, or pray Thank you in words. We're going to make a little shift now, and this may have already started to happen for you. And notice now the things that have come up for you that you're encountering with a sense of regret or sadness. Spend a few moments on those, just welcoming them. There's nothing we have to do to them or with them. As your gratitudes and your regrets continue to surface, see if there is something that settles on you as an element that's drawing you particularly. And we're going to leave a few moments here to see if there's a prayer that arises in that. And again, this may be a prayer that does not yet have words to it. 
or it may be a prayer that you are ready to say in your head or write down. Just make space for a conversation with God. And now having some time just to let things settle a little bit for you. Look forward to the rest of your day. What are the opportunities that may be coming? What are the gratitudes you may need or get to share out loud? What are the things you may have an opportunity to correct? And we join together in praying again. God, thank you for bringing us to this point, to this moment of pause. As we seek your wisdom in all that has happened and all that will happen, help us to be people of patient action. Teach us when to hold tightly and when to hold loosely. And in both of those things,